This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Zneimer on Zoomer Radio brings you prescribed listening from our trusted contributors at the Ontario Pharmacists Association. Okay. Is one of your New Year's resolutions to take your medications as prescribed? That's not as obvious as it may sound. A huge number of patients are what the professionals call non-compliant, meaning they don't take their drugs at all or they don't take them properly. And there's a lot more to good medication practices than just remembering to take your drugs. Nain Patel, our trusted contributor from the Ontario Pharmacists Association, is here with tips about proper medication storage and disposal, disposal, managing and avoiding interactions and adverse effects, and especially, especially between your prescription and your over-the-counter products, because uh, your pharmacist won't necessarily know about the latter unless you tell him. And of course, he's here, so he'll take all of your calls and questions for the pharmacist. Before we welcome him, let's give the numbers out again. 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740 for your questions about drugs. Nan, welcome. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me again. Okay, so uh, what are some of these good medication practices? Well, like you said, um, um, a medication really can't work if you don't take it. And, don't t- and if you don't take it properly, it definitely can't work as well as we want it to. So the important thing to remember is to stay organized, right? Like almost everything in our lives, if we stay organized, it, it definitely helps. We want to make sure that we use the same pharmacy. And like you said, if the pharmacist doesn't know what you're taking, the computer can't actually check for interactions. Now, as, uh, as good as pharmacists are in um, getting... Uh, checking for drug interactions, really our computer systems do a lot of the legwork. And so we want to make sure that we put all of the medications that you take in our computer system because the computer system will flag us with uh, drug interactions. So using the same pharmacy, really, really important. Uh, So will the computer put in the -the over-the-counter stuff? So we can if you tell us. So prescriptions are pretty easy because you get a prescription, we put it in, and it stays in our, in our database. But for over-the-counter medications that you're taking on a regular basis, we need you to tell us. So we can put it in the computer system, and then it will check for drug interactions. Okay. Uh, and what else? Um, what are some of the common interactions between prescription and over-the-counter drugs? Especially this time of the year, I would say cough and cold medications. So if you have, uh, if you're diabetic or if you have high blood pressure, then you really want to make sure that you're very careful about taking what type of cough and cold medications you're able to take. And uh, some of them can increase your blood pressure. Some of them can make your diabetes worse. Some can interact with uh, eye problems that you might have. So um, always when you're going to the pharmacy and you want to take something for a common ailment, make sure you ask the pharmacist so that we can make sure that it's safe for you to take. Okay. Uh, And what do those common, the most popular, say, cough and cold meds actually contain? 
So uh, I would say the most common one is the medication we take for runny nose, which is pseudoephedrine. And that one has been known to increase your heart rate and to increase your blood pressure because what it does, it constricts some of the blood vessels in your sinuses and in, in your nasal cavity. So that one, uh, especially, we want to watch out for. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, are there any alternatives to that? So usually what we do is if I say, if I find that a patient is taking um, a blood pressure medication, sometimes I want to find out how stable they are. If they're very stable, I might uh, recommend maybe a nasal spray, and that would be less, um, less absorbed systemically, and that might be okay for them. But a lot of times I can recommend an antihistamine that would be safe for them to take. So uh, there's lots of options. Um, uh, I know we've talked about this on our on the show before, but sinus rinses are, are sometimes good for people uh, to give them some temporary relief. So those a lot of those things are safe for most people. Well, a sinus rinse is just saline solution, right? That's right. Just yeah. As I want to get into uh, people not taking their prescription drugs or not taking them properly. I mean. Th- we know with antibiotics, for instance, there are big signs on the bottle saying, you've got to finish this, even if you feel better. Is, is there an issue with other types of drugs where people do feel a bit better and they say, I don't need to take this anymore? All sorts, all sorts. And, and really, when you think about it, when you start taking a medication and it starts working and you start feeling better, I mean, you're pretty satisfied, right? So a lot of times you think that um, you can stop the medication or that maybe you can lower the dose. But sometimes we have to really think about why you're taking it in the first place. Uh, Is the medication a cure or is it really just relieving those symptoms? And a great example is high blood pressure. So if you're taking a medication, it's really controlling the high blood pressure while you're taking the medication. But if you were to alter the dose, change the time, um, and or stop taking the medication, then your blood pressure could come back and, and rise again. So we want to make sure that um, what type of medication, what is it doing for us? Um, that's the important thing. But there's so many different reasons why medications stop working for us. So, um, you know, and there's lots of challenges people have. Sometimes people have side effects and, and they can't deal with them, uh, so they stop taking the medication or they alter the time or the dose. So the pharmacist is a really good at getting to the root of the problem and making maybe making some suggestions on how you can manage those issues um, that prevent you from being compliant. Okay. Um, so, so sometimes just people self-medicating, deciding if, I'm, if, if this has a side effect, I'm going to lower the dose. I, I thought it would be mostly people saying, oh, I'm fine now. I just don't need it anymore. Yeah. Well, we have, we have a little bit of both. And, you know, everyone's different. Everyone has different uh, set of uh, issues. And some people, for example, they, they just plain old forget to take them. And so um, I have an interesting story. I have a couple who comes to one of my stores, and uh, the husband doesn't like to be reminded to take his medications. His wife reminds him. So now what his wife does... I bet she reminds him <laughs> about a lot of other things, too. That's right. So when you add this to the mix, sometimes, you know, you kind of get annoyed. And so she asks him, it's 3 o'clock, dear. Would you like me to remind you to take your medications? <laughs> And then sometimes he says yes, and sometimes he says no. But, you know, the message got across. And, and it's funny. They like to laugh about it. But uh, she found a really good way to, to remind him, but not how, remind How him. old is this couple, if oh, I may? Oh, they're, they're, uh, they're in their 70s. Okay, that's not that old. Yeah. 
but but it just it's you know you can have fun you can help someone you love but uh, you just have to find a great way of doing it you know i th- i think i'm going to try that with my husband dear would you like me to remind you to fill in the blank take out the garbage <laughs> take, yeah. no he's pretty he's really good about that <laughs> so, I like that. That's that's really good. But what about those, um, you know, um, pre-packaged like blister pack things that that uh, have people, or just the pill boxes with Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday? Yeah, those all work. They work really well. And, you know, you can do it yourself. So you can buy a, an empty pill box at the pharmacy and you can fill them up yourselves. And, uh, or your, your spouse can do that for you. Um, or you can have the pharmacist do it. And they prepackage, um, they call them blister packs or compliance packs. And they can fill them up, four slots for each day and, and uh, one, uh, one row for each day of the week. And um, so you take your pills out of that when it's time and you don't have to remember what the pills are for or when you're supposed to take them. Uh, you just look at um, morning, noon, dinner, and bedtime, and then you just take those. And the great thing about those is sometimes uh, people forget if they've taken their pills or not. And this way, you know for sure. If it's missing, you know you took them. Well, it's it's true, you know, that that happens to me, even just if I want to take a, an Advil mm-hmm. for some joy pain, the only way I know is I stick it in my pocket yeah. and uh, I can't remember but if it's still in my pocket I haven't taken it and if it's not there I have. Perfect, perfect and you know we uh, I've even suggested little things like um, a lady was forgetting whether she took her thyroid medicine in the morning so I said you know what Every morning after you take your thyroid medicine, turn your bottle upside down. You know, as long as you make sure the cap is still on, turn the bottle upside down, and then you'll know that you took the medication. And then at bedtime, you just flip it up and put it back upright so that. Uh, you that's can another remember. thing to remember, though. It is, <laughs> and that's why you know it's imp- interesting. You have to suggest a few different ways people can do things because not everything fits for everybody. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. I'm here with Nayan Patel, our trusted contributor from the Ontario Pharmacists Association. And let's go to the phones. We've got Helena in Hamilton. Hi, Helena. Hi. I'd like to ask you, why do doctors prescribe placebos? Why do they do it sometimes? So, I've had knee surgery. Mm-hmm. They gave me a prescription, hydromorphine. Okay. It wasn't morphine at all. It was a placebo. And how I do you, know that now. How do you know I, that? I, I experimented with it myself. I know that when I take a medication, I feel my body changes. I feel something in my body. But this was a placebo. And, I proved it to them. And how do you Why know it is? Why do they do that to you? So really, um, now in our medical community, we really don't um, we don't think that doing giving a patient placebo is ethical, and uh, so I, I'm surprised well, to hear it that is we. To me, it wasn't ethical, but they did it to me. Okay, and mm. ha- and why? When you took the medication, it just didn't give you enough pain relief. Is that why? Any nothing, nothing at all happened. Okay, nothing at all. All right, so that can. Ha- I think they're trying to punish you. So I think sometimes what happens is your your body can change, your pain tolerance can change, and sometimes, depending on your medical condition, the, the amount of pain medicine you need can change. So sometimes that might not have been a high enough dose, and if you, uh, and you know, they don't want to start you off too high. Sorry? 
It was only two milligrams. Two milligrams. Okay. Mm. So that's very small dose. Very small dosage. Yeah. But the point is, it might have to... It, uh, it had to have some kind of effect on me. Well, but it didn't have anything effect. Um, please, okay, okay, Helena. Thanks for your call. Let I let. I uh, say something else before you go. Um, why are are seniors over medicated? I've had a blister pack. I had about ten pills a day to take. It wasn't necessary. They over medicate. They over medicate. Pushing pills at you all the time. What is needed is more care, more love yeah. between the doctor and the patient. Okay, let let please let Nahan answer. Thank you. So thank you very much. So that. you know what? Um, in part, you're you're absolutely right. And you know, there's one um, part of pharmacy that's evolving, and it's called de-prescribing. And what pharmacists are trying to do is really look at whether a patient really needs that medication. And sometimes. There was a reason for a patient taking a medication, for example, a sleeping pill. But if, if it's not needed anymore, then we should try to stop that medication. And, um, and a lot of times it's just asking the question, why are, is a person taking that medication? And that's really important for the patient to know why you're taking a medication. So when we ask you and you have a reason for it, then we know that there is one. But if you don't know, then we really should be investigating. Yeah, and and um, as to the caller's other question about the two milligrams, I mean that. Tell me if I'm wrong. Hydromorphone is it's a narcotic, and I would think that uh, whoever is prescribing it would start with a very small dose to see if it works. Though obviously in this case it didn't work, so I th- I think. Uh, she would have had to go back to her doctor for an upping of that dose, right? That's right. Yeah, and and you know that uh, it's kind of weird when she when you when the next question was um, you know we're over prescribing. We definitely don't want to do that, and that's why we're a little bit cautious, right? We we want to make sure we give the lowest dose possible, and that medication can be dangerous if it's taken in too high of a dose. Well. We've just seen a whole uh, change in the policy over these opioids. Mm-hmm. Hydromorphone, it's an opioid, right? That's right, yes. Okay, so we've just seen uh, that we're cutting back on these prescriptions, and I know that here we're trying to avoid this this horrible overdose situation that we've seen in BC and it's very easy for people to get hooked on painkillers that they take for a particular situation you know something like post-surgery so all of those things together uh, I don't know it's very difficult uh, to um, to figure this uh, this issue out and I think one thing people have to realize is when they're taking a pain medication, and, it, and in, a lot, in most cases it is legitimate. They have pain and they need something to help control their pain. Um, what happens is that usually your body builds up a tolerance and what two milligrams used to work for you, now it doesn't, and then you, need, you require a higher dose. And the problem that we have is that we keep going higher and higher and higher. And really we're not, um, we're not solving the issue. Uh, the dose is just getting higher, and the pain is still really not being controlled either. Okay, so uh, if if somebody has pain that's not being controlled, uh, what is the solution if not to increase the dose? Is it to go to a different med? It could be changing the different medication. It could be adding different uh, modalities to it. So um, can physio help a little bit? Is there... Um, uh, little things that we can do to help alleviate the pain as well. Hot, cold packs. Um, sometimes we can do um, 
uh, they can go to a pain clinic and maybe nerve blocks can help for a little while. So there's a lot of different options, and I think sometimes we don't explore enough of those options. Oh, okay. Uh, And again, what changes have you seen in your practice since the government moved to, to really restrict these opioid drugs? It's, it's actually quite surprising. You know, we have seen a, a decrease in the use of opioids. And, and, if, um, and it's odd because if the people, you know, the people who are taking high-dose opioids, if they were um, still in a lot of pain, we would see, um, I guess, a lot more um, uh, uh, pushback. But we're seeing actually not as much pushback as, as, as we thought we would. And so, um, you know, I think it's other, other avenues are being looked at, and we're a little bit more successful in lowering the doses that people are, are taking. What about alternative treatments like acupuncture, certain kinds of physiotherapy? They're time-consuming, and, and of course, um, you know, there's a cost to them. Yeah. And, and you know what? If uh, I was in that position, I'd definitely want to try a lot of those um, alternative types of treatments. And, and, you know, sometimes we do see, he, see a lot of success stories. And, and why not? If it can work for some people, you know, we just have to give it a try. Uh-huh. Uh, so uh, you're, not, you're not seeing pushback over the uh, deprescribing of opioids. That's interesting. Not as much as we thought. I think there is still some people, there are some people who um, their pain is not being controlled. They have tried a lot of different things. So, um, you know, we keep trying to try uh, other treatments for those people. Okay. And what about uh, weaning people off these meds? I mean, you know, we've talked about ramping up so you make sure that you're on the lowest dose that works. But what about taking them down gradually? Is that a common practice? So that's exactly what has to be done. Um, so if a person is on a high opioid dose, dose we, we can't just drop them all of a sudden. We have to do, we do really have to wean them off and, and wean them off slowly and, uh, and maybe introduce other treatments uh, along with it. So um, it has to be managed properly for sure. We only have a, a few minutes left here. Let's uh, switch gears a little bit and talk about the flu shot. I'm sure that a lot of people think it's okay, it's too late to get a flu shot. Is that right? So we're actually seeing more people coming in for flu shots. So I think the message is out there that it is not too late. And, um, you know, we're probably seeing the the flu season being, our, it's probably peaking about now. So um, so it's not too late. Uh, it does take one, twe- one to two weeks for the flu shot to take effect in your body. So, um, so definitely still time, still worth getting it, uh, in my opinion. Uh-huh. And uh, it, it's, it's a pretty severe flu season as well. We've heard about some hospitals really getting backed up with flu cases suddenly. It, when it does peak, yes, that's what we do see. And the other good thing about the flu shot that we've discovered this year is that it is fairly accurate. So it, it's, um, it's got a good percentage in terms of how well it's going to work. Last year wasn't so good, but this year we do have a much better response rate from the flu vaccine. Okay. Now I'm going to ask you some questions uh, uh, for me. I'm thinking of taking a trip. So what, what are some of the um, shots that people should be taking? before they take a trip? Well, uh, it all depends on where you're going. So where, where would you be going? India. India. So um, first thing you want to make sure is make sure that you have all your um, regular vaccines, the ones that you would take whether you're not traveling or traveling. You make sure they're all up to date. Which are? 
which are you know the the things that you get while when you're a child. So measles, mumps, rubella, um, all those polio, you know, all of those. Uh, make sure your tetanus is up to date. All of those things should be should be done. Um, How for often sure. do those things have to be done? Well, it's a you you have to get out a chart and you'd have to really look at it. But um, at uh, for adults, you know, for you have to make sure that tetanus is every ten years, um, and make sure that's up to date. But then also look at um, things like um, hepatitis A and hepatitis B. Uh, so when you're traveling, those are probably important to, to get. And is that, I see ads for twin ricks, is that right. it? So that's a combination of the A and B uh, together. And uh, and usually you only have to get that once in your adult life. Um, the doctor can check your titers with a simple blood test to see if you need a booster or not. So that might, if you haven't had uh, that checked in a while, that might be worth it. And... The other thing that you want to make sure you do is if you're going to India, you might want to take a typhoid vaccine and you might want to protect yourself against some traveler's diarrhea. So there might be a, a vaccine. Um, Ducarol is a, one of the ones that, that can be used for that. And that's over the counter, isn't it? And Ducarol is available over the counter, yes. So, so I can just go into my pharmacy and take it. Yes. But the other's not. The other's not. And one thing I do recommend is if you're planning a trip uh, to India, I would say go to a travel clinic and get it done properly. They will check everything. They'll provide you with lots of tips um, on how to make sure that you have a healthy and safe trip because there are a lot of things, not just vaccines, but you know, are you using insect repellent? Um, are you taking malaria tablets? Uh, do you need malaria tablets? Uh, that sort of thing. Those are all important questions to ask. And it also it depends on what part of India you're going to and what you're going to be doing there. Um, all of those things will make a difference on what kind of vaccines you get. What about for people just going south? I mean, there was a Zika virus scare in Florida. What about all of that? So if you want to be extra cautious, and we've had uh, people come in our store and they've decided not to go to Florida because they are planning on becoming pregnant. So that is a choice that I think uh, the individual has to make. Uh, there is, uh, If there is a risk, then you have to weigh the pros and cons for yourself. But definitely you want to make sure that uh, you're taking insect repellent. You're maybe staying indoors at times when mosquitoes bite the most. And, um, and, uh, and you know, making sure all those other things like using sunscreen and, uh, and just making sure that you're eating properly. A lot of our patients will take um, a probiotic to help prevent tri- traveler's diarrhea. And they can take that um, on an ongoing basis before they go and while they're on their trip. Really? That works? So I, I always tell people it's like this. It's like buying insurance. You know, you can buy insurance. You probably, you may not need it, but there's a chance that um, although taking a probiotic is a, a low chance of um, efficacy, but, you know, when you weigh the amount that it costs and um, the probably negative effects it can have on you, um, I think it's worth a try. And. Is that a pill? You're talking about a supplement, or are you talking about uh, some uh, special yogurt? No, I'm, ta- I'm talking about a pill. I think the yogurts don't have enough of the uh, probiotic in them, but um, but it definitely a supplement that you can buy at your pharmacy. Uh, it's very simple, yes, and that should be good. It should be good? So it's, it, it's uh, and what is it, a once-daily kind of a thing? Um, you can take it once a day. Um, there are some, if they're low dose, you might have to take it three times a day. But you can you can buy ones that are uh, at least 10, 10 billion um, cells in there. And uh, if you took that once a day, that would be really good. And what are some of the foods that would give you that if you uh, just decided to try to get it by eating? 
to get up that high, not much. <laughs> uh, I think the yogurt is probably the only thing I can think of. Um, and it's that it would have to be the, the probiotic yogurt. yogurt. But um, And do they add it in or... It's, what? It, they added they add the cultures in there. So when they were making the yogurt, they grow as well, and um, and they can tell the packages probably label how much how many billion uh, cells there are in that package. Okay, so it's not something that you would find in a yogurt that's not a probiotic yogurt. You you would want to find the one that actually has the label on it that says how many cells there are in there. Okay, yeah, those are also a lot more expensive. They are. They can add up. They can add up. Okay, we have uh, less than a minute left. Anything you want to leave us with? Let's get back to our original thing about about trying to be compliant. Compliant. So um, I'd like to remind everyone that, you know, have a list of all your medications. Keep it in your wallet or your purse. Make sure you know what they're for. And that way, if you ever have to go to a merge or you have to go to a doctor or a specialist, you can just pull out that list and not, uh, not have to try and remember every pill that you're on. Make sure you're, you're storing your medications in a, in a place that's appropriate, appropriate temperature, in a dry, uh, out of direct sunlight to make sure that uh, the medication stays stable. And another um, um, really interesting service that pharmacists are offering now is called med, med synchronization or med alignment. And that's where you go in and the pharmacist can make sure that all your pills will run out at the same time so that you can fill all your prescriptions at the same time. And that way, it's a lot more convenient for you. It's convenient for the pharmacy. And you may, you can make sure that you don't miss taking or refilling one of your medications. That's really interesting. That's the first I've heard of that. And I'm sure we will have a chance to talk about it again. But uh, right now, that's all the time we have. Nan, thank you so much. Thanks, Libby. Okay. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads. Idea City on the air and The Garden Show.